Coming up on NBL Now, we've got a Thursday night doubleheader and a lot up for grabs for all of these teams involved. We talk the Illawarra Hawks coaching job, Tretton Flowers speaks about coming off the bench, and a famous name returns to Adelaide tomorrow night. That's all coming up on NBL Now. It is Thursday, November the 16th. We start the round with a double header, which is very, very cool. I'm Jack Hebert alongside Pete Hawley. Pauls, we're going to be in commentary tonight for Tasmania and New Zealand. We'll get to that very shortly, but let's start with the Illawarra Hawks. There's still a lot of discussion around this team and this organisation right now. Yeah, there is, and there's going to continue to be. They only have one game this round before a fever break, so how do they go into that little bit of a rest period and, I guess, a rejuvenation period looking at the rest of the season and Justin Tatum taking over? Normally... Any professional sport, when a coaching change happens mid-season, we see that energy just bolster in that next game. The, the, the players come out. Uh, it, it's not an ideal situation, obviously, to go through, but it always seems to have a positive effect, at least in the short term. And I guess in the long term, they are 2-7, and seven, but you look around the rest of the league, a lot of other teams, other than maybe Melbourne and Sydney, they're losing to each other. So you, if you just kind of continue to tick over wins and make yourself into that playing tournament, then anything can happen in the business end of NBL season. So the Hawks were in the media yesterday. Matt Campbell, their general manager, spoke and basically put it back on the players in many respects and said, we can still make a run here. We can still make the, at least a play-in series. Um, and I guess that's been a theme across the week that Damon Lowry started with you on NBL now about the players taking a bit more ownership. Yeah, they have to. And again, it's never nice to see a coach move on. And whether you're close to that particular coach or not, it still feels, still sits some type of way with you. And uh, I'm sure the player is going to come out and try and prove uh, that they still belong and still want to compete at the highest level. And I'm sure Justin Tatum's going to put his little imprint on this team. And you're right, there's no point writing the season off just yet. There's 19 games to go. And no one's going to say they're going to go 19-0 after the way they've started. But how do they tick things over? And as we continue to say, it is an incredibly long season. And if results go their way against other teams and teams fall up around them, then who knows what could happen. But it all starts with the game on Sunday from that. And then they get a good two-week break, which I think Justin Tatum has oh, the first week of just going hard, just implementing everything he wants, just going hard on this group. And then coming in for that uh, post-fever break period and just really running and gunning and uh, obviously, it's a very fragile time because it's an interim head coaching role and there's always going to be speculation about what's next. But if they look at it in a positive manner, then hopefully good things come out of this. So Justin Ch- uh, Justin Tatum also spoke yesterday to the media, said, my focus is going to be on competing and having fun. Uh, I didn't see our group do that enough in the first nine games consistently. At the end of the day, these guys want a consistent, familiar voice and hopefully I can be that person. What you just said, I hadn't re- really thought about it until you just said it, and that there's 19 games to go in the season. It's not out of the realms of possibility that they can go on a bit of a run here and finish inside the top six, is it? No, it's not. And again, because of the way that the rest of the league's going, Brisbane dropped a couple, they've got six losses. Uh, you look at Southeast Melbourne are sitting fourth right now. They've played 11 games, but they're six and five. So they've only had two less losses than, than the Hawks. But I do love that from Justin Tatum because this looks like a roster and a team that is going to thrive off having fun because you look at the way that they've been playing. Justin Robinson, when he's playing good, he's smiling, he's having fun, he, the, the ball's on a string, and then the emotion takes over and they seem to fall apart. Tyler Harvey, we know, is when he's playing well, he's having fun. He's hitting buzzer beaters, he's hitting step-back three. Sam Froling's up and about. So 
maybe that's what they need to just go out there and hope and get a bit of that framework uh, around enjoying that. And if they start to tick things over, they've got shooters, they've got some good cattle out there, then who knows what kind of Illawarra we'll see after the fever break. Can we please see more of AJ Johnson and Lachlan Albrecht? Please. That's, that's the only request. I've got a feeling we'll see more of AJ Johnson for sure because you, just that statement alone from Justin, um, Justin Tatum with having fun, that's the way that that kid plays. I mean, he comes out there, he provides a spark, his energy, might get on the break, we might get some highlight dunks that we've been waiting to see. Uh, but I think that's going to give him a nice little outlook on what's to come in the rest of NBL 24. Very interesting post up on the NBL Instagram too about who's next. There's some names that we've spoken about across the week here on NBL Now, names like Trevor Gleason, Jacob Chance, Fleur McIntyre, Kevin Lish, just to name a few. Jump online, leave your comments, and uh, let us know who you think should be the next coach of the Illawarra Hawks. To the Perth Wildcats, they play tonight against Cairns. That's in the second game. I think we can say comfortably that Bryce is back, Hulls. But are the Perth Wildcats back? I think they are. And again, a lot of people have been calling, What's the besides Bryce Conn's struggles early in the season, what's the one thing that's been letting Perth down? Or the couple of things. Defensively, they've been nowhere near until they've gone on this this little winning streak about how good they can be. And then rebounding, they've had all this. They've had Alex Sala, got Keanu Pinder, and they kept getting beat up on the boards. Well, that game against United, they had 17 offensive rebounds, and they won that rebounding battle. They won it again against New Zealand. And the defensive strategy of now putting Christian Doolittle to the three and then playing a little bit bigger, and I guess the, the calmness of putting Jesse Wagstaff out there, everybody else around, this is a different-looking Perth Wildcats team that we saw early, and the rotation shortened up, and I think that rotation shortening up is going to help with the the games where they do struggle because there's a lot there's a lot of games left for, for the Wildcats. They've still got 18 left, and those ones where maybe Bryce isn't feeling good or Carter Pinder's out, don't be surprised to see John really go with a Corey Webster or someone off the bench who hasn't seen minutes, and then they have 15 points in 14 minutes of action, and they still manage to get some wins. But defensively, I think they've been a whole lot better. Uh, especially on the glass. And let's face it, if you're not a good defensive team, you're just not winning an NBL title. That's all that matters. It's not the NBA. Defense wins NBL championships. They've got Cairns tonight, as we mentioned. They play Brisbane on Saturday night. If they win both, for all of the the talk and the drama and the hype, if they can win both of these games on the weekend, Hulls, they're, they're seven and five. And in two weeks, it's gone from... At- Doomsday, uh, let's, I saw Perth fans saying they hope they lose so that everything changes, people get fired. To All of a sudden, they go 7-5. and five. They're probably sitting in the top four and everybody's saying this is a championship-caliber team. Anything can happen quickly uh, with how many games there are in succession. And again, it's to the FIBA break. So imagine that. They're 7-5 and five going into a FIBA break. And if you just looked at that and not what happened at the start of the season, you'd be pretty happy to be a Perth Wildcats fan saying, hey, we're in a very good spot here. We've got Keanu Pinder rolling, Bryce is rolling, and why can't we win a title? To the other end of the table, unfortunately for the New Zealand Breakers, as it stands right now, they are 2-6. and six. They're still without Zylan Cheatham. We've, we've got no firm date on his return at this stage. They play Tasmania tonight in Launceston. Is their season over? No way. I'm not ready to say it's over yet because, again, we keep harping on about how long it is to go. They've got 20 games left in... Two and six is not ideal, but you look at the things they've gone up against. I mean, they probably haven't had a whole practice together as well because Will McDowell had his hand uh, injury at the start of the season. So him and Parker Jackson Carr, couldn't figure out their roles together. And you could see that he was trying to figure out where he fits when he came back. Um, Anthony Lamb's playing at a, at a high level. Once they get Zylan Cheatham back, if they start to roll and get back to that defensive identity that we've known Modi Mayo for, 
then they can make a run. They've got one more loss than the Phoenix who are fourth. Yeah. So it is a long climb back. Obviously, two and six is not an ideal start. And uh, even listening to Jesse Wagstaff the other day and the way he was talking about, people forget that the Wildcats were bottom that year before Bryce came in, before Christmas, and they went on a run and turned things around. I know that's Bryce Cotton. I know they're not bringing anybody in, but if Monty Mayo gets the team healthy that he recruited and can just keep their head above water until that happens, then I trust that they'll be able to turn things around because they do have a lot of talent on that roster, but it's really about just keeping their head above water, and that starts this weekend. If they drop both of these this weekend, then it's probably looking very unlikely they can do anything. Peter, I think we know that Will McDowell-White's going to get better. We're, we're both big believers in Will and, and how good he is. And obviously, the season that he had last year, he's, he's probably missing Derek Pardon a little bit for that, that, the ability to play off him and all that sort of stuff. I think the one here to watch is Anthony Lamb. I think Anthony Lamb's beginning to his NBL career is probably not getting the credit it deserves right now. He has been exceptional in really challenging circumstances. Yeah, he has. I mean, this is a guy who's he's an NBA caliber player. We saw what he did in Golden State. He earned his way into a two-way deal, which got turned into a regular NBA contract. So it's no surprise for those who have seen what he's done on that level. I think he's coming in and showcasing the kind of talent that he is. And I think they're going to have to continue to ride him. I know he's coming off the bench, but maybe he just has to continue to play some more minutes. He comes into the game earlier. And the one with Dow White thing's interesting. If he doesn't have that hand injury, I fully believe at full strength that Parker Jackson Cairo would be sixth man of the year. I think that's the way it would ideally work because Will McDowell-White would have had the whole preseason with this team, with Zion Cheatham, understanding where everything goes, and then Parker Jackson Cairo would have been that Barry Brown junior type. So Will McDowell-White gets taken out of it. They have to play PJC as the starting point guard, and then Will McDowell-White comes back, and Matty Mayo's like, well, you're not at full strength, so I need to play PJC, and it was kind of all over the shop. So worst timing of the injury, but you're right. I think he'll start to figure it out and they'll come good, but they just need Zion Cheatham back because uh, he was one of their focal pieces. He's one of their centerpieces, their foundation, and that was one of the main pieces Moddy Mayo wanted to get in the offseason. To the Adelaide 36ers, Trenton Flowers spoke at a press conference yesterday and said that whether I do or don't, you're not going to see any part of me change in terms of his playing minutes and, and how much opportunity he's getting. I'm still going to work hard and I'm still going to show up and do it every single day because that is my job. I think... Pete, back to the the blitz. That situation didn't start well, where Trenton wanted to be a, a point guard and there was a discussion around him playing as a point guard. His roles changed, his minutes have diminished. This is an 18-year-old boy, man, playing over the other side of the world away from his family. Do you think that he's handled himself really well here? It's been unbelievable. And again, I think a lot of NBL fans who aren't, completely understanding of what the what the draft and what the scouts look for kind of get lost in okay he's not averaging 15 points a game so there's no way he can be on a draft board but scouts want to see that maturity and they want to see how you handle those situations that's the point of going to a professional league because if you go to college you're playing against kids you're dealing with all of that you don't have to be a high statistical player and a lot of people like to compare I mean we're looking at the recent draft boards which are awesome to see for the next stars program but no Lamella Ball, Josh Giddy were anomalies in terms of the statistics of what they put up in the NBL. The rest of it is obviously potential, what you can build, but how do you improve 
game in, game out. How, how do you handle tough situations? How do you handle playing against men already in professional league? And if you come in at one level and leave at a higher level, then that's going to get you drafted at an even higher level. That's what it's all about. That's what the program's about. You're going to have your sprinkles of anomalies like the superstars of Giddy and Lamelo Ball, but everybody else is just on their right path. And that's why the whole program is as good as it's continuing to get. And that's why Trenton Flowers is destined for big things because he's handling this well. I think his minutes will get more and more as the season goes. And who knows, by the end of the season, if we just look at a three to four week stretch, maybe he's averaging double figures by the time yeah, he gets there if he keeps handling it this way. The other wrinkle for tomorrow night's game, and it'll be fascinating, Drew Ian Copes and John Casey and Kelsey Brown will be their courtside to, to capture the whole experience. Daniel Johnson returns to the Adelaide Entertainment Centre wearing green. Or maybe not green, it'll be white because it's an away game. But that's, I'll be honest, I didn't think I'd ever say that. No, I didn't either. I mean, I was running around with the 36 as a training player in 2009 when he first got there and what he's done since then. I mean, he's a terrific human being, but he he's a legend of the club. So uh, I know the fans, I'm sure they're going to get up and about. It's going to be an unbelievable um, ovation when he runs out, when he checks into the game. But I hope there's videos. I hope there's everything from the Adelaide 36s to thank this Thank this man for what he did. And that's not, to, I don't think it's to close the door completely. Who knows what happens uh, in the future? He's still got something left in the tank, but this man deserves the biggest possible ovation and thank you from the Adelaide 36ers because he gave it everything for over a decade. And not just that, I mean, he's an absolute legend of the club. He's a legend of the league. He's one of the all time leading scorers. And uh, I can't wait to see that. I'm sure it'll be emotional for him as well. And then, just selfishly, as as a basketballer who has seen people go through these situations, I hope he drops 50 just because of everything that's going on. I think that would be a really cool thing. I'm not saying he will, but it would be a nice, cool moment for him, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure CJ Bruton would love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard the, the thank you video if they do one of those, if you go out there and drop 50 after that. Yeah, if he's got 30 at the half, that video is not getting played, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, was nice to see you. <laughs> As always, uh, you and I will be together tonight alongside Ryan Brockoff for Tasmania and New Zealand. And then straight after that, it's the Wildcats taking on the Titans. We'll catch you next time.